Climate change is at the top of the political, economic and social agendas today. Facing the climate-related challenges ahead requires all of us to think through how a transition process to a more sustainable future can be organized and how such a future is to be organized, the types of organizations that should be involved and at which levels they need to be involved. This is a major challenge in our transition to a greener society at all levels and needs to be a major priority. So far, the transition process has involved mostly identifying and agreeing on the goals, such as the reduction in carbon dioxide emissions, but this is just the beginning. In reality, a green transition involves activating global networks of countries, organizations, firms, citizens, technology and solidarity. In other words, it's highly complex and it needs organizing. We are at an important point in time in the history of the world where there is a near-global agreement for a green transition. The world leaders have set targets. The companies increasingly try to include the UN Sustainable Development Goals in their strategies. Civil society is pushing for action. So why are we still waiting for the green transition? What is missing? Some would argue that the technology is immature. However, scientists have spent decades developing and experimenting with the technologies and technical solutions needed. But the implementation is frustratingly slow. Green technologies are advanced and available. This is not just an assumption. Others would argue that the market forces are missing, that the slow implementation is caused by high costs and high risks. But that is also not correct. For instance, we see that the price of electricity produced by newly installed wind turbines is lower today than electricity produced by coal-based power plants. Finally, some would argue that the political drive is missing. But looking at governments and their commitments nationally and via international organizations, the political will to carry out the green transition has never been greater. Nonetheless, the process of getting the technology into play and making the decisions for future energy markets is extremely slow. Processes of organizing innovation at the national and global levels is at the core of Associate Professor Stina Håkonsen's research. Working at the Department of Organization of Copenhagen Business School, she investigates how innovation is organized and orchestrated globally. The green transition is a good example of such orchestration when almost all societal actors, even the large oil corporations, claim to embrace the transition. Companies in general are going out of their way to become part of the solution, not the problem. At the national level, countries have set ambitious targets for reducing CO2 emissions. On top of that, scientists are organizing their research in global networks, and address grand challenges by identifying methods for accelerating the transformation. In many countries, also at the EU level, massive directionality in research funding has mobilized a strong focus on green technologies and smart solutions. I have invited Stine Håkonsson to join me for this episode of the Green Transition podcast to help us shed some light on the organizing processes involved in realizing the green transition. Stine, could you tell us more about your research on how innovation is organized today? Yes, of course. If we look back uh, 20-30 years ago, innovation was going on in, uh, in local forms of organizing within firms and uh, there was a little interaction across organizations and also industrial sectors. At that time, innovation was something you uh, 
would do to ensure patents and exclusiveness in your knowledge and therefore the companies would keep it in-house and close. Today we see innovation is going much more on in global innovation networks, not only for the global challenges, but also to be able to scale up and ensure the impact of the innovation across the globe. So it's not longer uh, a strategy to have all the best brains in-house, but for most companies it's about being able to identify and also tap into the best brains and knowledge and capabilities and um, find a way to select the systems for future regimes, to build alliances and networks and also to build the orchestrating capabilities to operate these networks. So it's much more a, a role they take as being kind of coordinators and orchestrators of these networks. And that requires different capabilities than just being the best in class. How does this relate to green transition? Well, if we look at the grand challenges today, all of them are global. And it's a lot about uh, putting a global directionality and building these networks that can form the basis of solving the global problems. And the green transition is one. And within this field, the energy transition is a very good example because the energy transition is at the core of the green transition. We are looking in our projects at the large-scale innovation projects and how they can be accelerated uh, to a larger scale. And uh, this acceleration needs to be very, very fast. So if we look at the, some of the old technologies, like the wind turbines, for instance, This, these have been developed over 30 years, and today they are very much commodified. It's something you can buy almost in a, in a shop from different places. But uh, where the innovation is going on is now in the integration of the energy into the grid system and also to store the energy for times, for instance, where the wind doesn't blow. And uh, one technology that's being developed for that at the moment is the power to x Another technology which is a completely different way of producing energy is the fusion energy, which is a future energy source. We imagine, we don't know yet, so that is very much about kind of running in the dark to find solutions for the green transition. Another good example of a transition is the digital transition, where we also see the future technologies coming in as the quantum computers, for instance. And we also see how they are developed in interdisciplinary settings across the, the globe. So this is all about how the socio-technical regimes can facilitate radical change. What are socio-technical regimes? Socio-technical regimes are the way in which society and technology is organized together. And uh, this is the basic of the, the logics and the organizing principles and the pathways and directions that we see change the society. Um, so the regimes themselves are difficult to change, but they are the kind of collection of norms and values and organizations and technology and political will that uh, drive society. Changing these regimes require a combination of uh, push factors from the kind of the institutional level and from the 
technological level, we have the landscape where we see the, the bigger waves of technological development and how this is driven by policy and by uh, coincidence and by the economic development. And sometimes these regimes are destabilized by, for instance, bottom-up changes by major crises like the, the climate change, and that creates a window of opportunity for changing the regime. And at the moment, we are in such a position where there's a window of opportunity, and we expect the change to come. The sustainability literature has been talking about a regime change or a regime shift now for several decades, but but relatively little has happened. Today we see much more energy being used at all levels to get to this tipping point into a new regime. The only thing is we don't know where it will take us. There's a clear anticipation that a different regime will come about soon. How can we understand a green transition and what is the role of organizations in organizing? So the process of a green transition and the result of the green transition or the the expected result are both very contested and very different types of actors are involved in in bringing about suggestions for where we're going in the in the society. For a lot of actors it's important to keep as much as possible from the previous regime and only do incremental solutions because it's easy and it's cheaper and it's not as risky as doing radical change. So one good example is the electric car. We change the engine into a battery and the car can drive on electricity. The industry is is very good at uh, incremental change because they can do that within the networks and they can collaborate with their customers to make incremental changes to their products. Radical innovation is, is much more difficult and risky and uh, it's something we need to think about when we talk about green transition. How can we organize new ways of networking to get ideas into our system, into our industries, our clusters, our companies, from actors that can bring about more radical ideas for solutions. These organizing principles also need to consider how we can accept the unintended consequences of transition for society. The investments into the unknown future is really difficult to make and and of course the the government, the national and the local levels are becoming much more interested in this and relevant for it. So we see in Denmark, for instance, the municipalities are lifting a lot of the initiatives and developing new technologies and ways of building or storing energy or other technological developments. Again, others are looking into new ways of thinking, for instance, about economic growth, looking into degrowth models and other alternative ways of moving into the future. So um, the energy transition is a really good example of the complexity that is going on in the global organization of innovation. We have many more levels involved and uh, also many more disciplines when we're looking into the future technologies. Another challenge is at the institutional level where we have to decide on what is a good innovation. So it's not just about the 
newness brought to the world is also about the value for society and the value for solving the global grand challenges. So there are many directions and very many unknowns in networks, and it's extremely difficult to organize, and that's what our research is about. Thank you very much, Stina. It's been a pleasure having you here. Summing up, transitions involve rethinking how activities, industries and structures are organized across and within organizations. For the global society to take action and address climate-related challenges and transition to a more sustainable future, we need this to be organized and we need to build skills for organizing and orchestrate networks across all levels. Collaboration is core as radical innovations and transitions need co-creation in networks across disciplines and space. At IOA and CBS, we have a number of research projects, courses and initiatives that do exactly this. So do not hesitate to contact us for further elaboration and for engaging in this discussion. My name is Marianne Kellman, and I've been the host of this podcast episode on organizing for sustainable transition. Thank <laughs> you.